Welcome, travelers. We're aware that your journey was difficult, but prepare to have your questions answered, for you have been granted an audience with the Masters of Modern. And welcome back to Masters of Modern. I am your host, Alex Kessler, here with my co-host, Ben Bateman. What's up, guys? I almost just didn't pick up the mic. Uh, I can't hear myself on the mic, though. Can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, uh, now I can hear myself. Look nice. at that. Technical yeah. difficulties solved. Well, it's because your ear, it was, yeah, your there you oh, go. Oh, uh, now I'm stereo. Sometimes our audio only comes out of one of our headphones. We're living in stereo. Yep. What's up, guys? How's uh, how's your day going? Uh, because we released our episodes so late last week, and this one's going to come out early this week, you're going to get two episodes in the span of like four days. That's yeah, it's going to be real quick. Uh, speaking of last week, I do want to make one uh, addition, and we're going to do this regularly, so we, and this is me just jumping kind of in the episode before we get into pre-release goodness. Cool. Uh, I want to add one cooling down level card to our uh, band watch list. We want to kind of keep this updated consistently, and so we want to make sure every episode, if there is a change or something we noticed we missed, uh, we want to add to it. And I want to add prized amalgam to cooling down. Oh, you uh, think so? Yeah, it, it, people brought it up, and, and I kind of do want to agree that, like, if Dredge has enough wins, it's going to be a deck that Wizards doesn't want to be too good, and prized amalgam is kind of the card. I mean, there, I think there's other cards out of that deck, and maybe it's just the Dredge deck, but you I think Prized Amalgam it's, is... It's Prized Amalgam, not Amalgam. Sure. <laughs> you just, just created an R. I'm not sure how you came up with it. There's not even an R in the name. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Pri- prize. There's an R in Prize. <laughs> yeah, that's true. There you yeah, go. Yeah, there is an R in the name. Don't come at me with that. <laughs> uh... Yes. All right. Fair enough. Prized Amalgam. I like right. it. So, yeah. So, that'll be added. Uh, as I said before, we have our modern band watch list. Make sure to check it out on Collected.Company. It's on uh, every episode page. It'll be listed there. Uh, so, you can kind of have a look and make sure you know you know what's possibly in the horizon to be banned and you don't get blindsided as much. Yeah. Now, let's rifle off a couple of the quick plugs we're going to make here before we get into what today's episode is, which is a full Hour of the Station Devastation set review. We're going to go over what we feel are the strongest cards in the set. What are the chances you think this episode will be exactly one hour long? Uh, we can probably work on that. Yeah, we're yeah. going to try, guys. Yeah. It's going to be an hour of devastation review. I just wanted to add one more card to the cooling down, and that's Spellskite. I feel that it's uh, very oppressive. <laughs> no, <you know>. nope, <laughs> get out of here. All I'm right. so sad that Spellskite's not like prominent and modern in the way that it once was. It makes you, me... you lived strong for a good like uh, year. Yeah. And by the year, like three years, four years, as Spellskite being the most played creature in the format. I still have was one main deck in Coco, and I played it yesterday against Grixis Shadow, and I like top deck it at the most opportune moment. Nice. And it made me so happy. I mean, the problem is, is that the two decks it's best against both are no longer good. Them yep. being Infect and Splinter Twin. Yep. And it's like third most preyed upon deck. Affinity is very good right now. It did really well at the SCG uh, Open this last weekend. Uh, it won, I think. Uh, and But even then, it was like only adjacently good because it sometimes would steal counters off of Arcbound Ravager, and that's right. all it would do. So you're definitely living in a world that's just not really... Yeah. A lot of removal out there, and like decks that want to be removal resistant can still play it, but I don't know how great it is. When it's great against Boggles. When it's just removal resistant, Noggles. it's not doing Boggles. anything for you anymore. That's the problem with yeah. that card. It's always, it was always great that as a removal resistant thing, it could help you as long as it was like thwarting a lot of the strongest decks in the format. When it's just there to be like effectively a selfless spirit, it's just not good enough. Sure. And you're just. And yeah. selfless spirit is better. Yeah. I mean, this doesn't. Especially attack. right now, because Path. Uh, path is not as popular as Fiddle Push, and Fiddle Push is good. Now there is still the there's still like the Doran deck that like I've seen people mess around with, and it was sort of what my deck ended up be looking a little bit like because Doran's a very good card, and Spellskite plays really well in the Doran deck. Um, but that's the only place that I can think of where it would be particularly good. Sure, 
the Doran Zer deck. That deck's sweet. Um, all right. Anyway. All right. <laughs> Moving on. Um, other things, make sure to check out uh, our sister podcast, also on Collected.company, The Command Zone. They do awesome commander content. Um, Game Nights comes out uh, loosely monthly, but you know they just do really cool stuff that way. Uh, make sure to check out us on Twitter. Did we do that already? No. No. Uh, I'm at Kess Wiley. I'm at Ben Bateman Media. We're at the MM Cast. Also, look up our Facebook group. It's doing really well. I think we're up to 250 plus followers. 350. Uh, uh, 350 followers. Uh, great interaction. People post decks there. We get critiques. The community is really helpful. A bunch of great guys there. So definitely check that out. Uh, it's a really cool. Like one thing I noticed. So for instance, like last night I noticed somebody said, "Hey, does anybody have the black white list Ben mentioned on the episode this week?" And like I was able to pull it out of my phone, post it there, and then he responds to it. And like that's a thing that in the past on Twitter we've been able to do, but it gets lost in the Twitter sphere. Yeah, it's never like a permanent place that's kind of a little bit more easily defined. And for some reason the, the page, the Masters of Modern page, didn't inspire the same kind of interaction. So what's cool about this is like it's pretty instantaneous. We both see the notifications. We're both pretty motivated to interact well, there. Groups are built on Facebook to encourage group activity, and you get alerts, and people can subscribe to them. Well, pages are meant more to be a forward-facing for a company that's like trying to sell or advertise to people, and that's not what we're trying to do. We're trying to really create a community with this podcast, and so the group ended up being a better environment for that. And the Facebook group also doubles as a great place, by the way, for me to post links to 10 Minutes of Magic, my Anchor show. Yep. Anchor, if for those of you that are hearing for the first time, is like podcast meets Twitter. It's short-form audio blurbs. I do 10 minutes every single day about just all things in magic, and it's like all different. So I posted a whole bunch of thoughts about uh, Superior Burn and Coco matchup against uh, Death's Shadow, Grixis Shadow. I played like a handful of games yesterday. I do like a trivia league on Tuesday. So I post the links there on the Facebook page. So if you go check that out, you can kind of sample and get a feel for what that show's like. Sure. Um, I think that's that's the major call-outs if we're forgetting. And oh, Patreon. oh, Patreon. Yeah, please, please check out our Patreon. Um, it's how we do all this stuff. It's how we keep this equipment going. It's how we get to sometimes go to GPs. It's how kind of the podcast uh, survives. And we really appreciate all the help you guys do. Um, we're at a hundred and almost forty episodes uh, yeah. this with this episode. So you know, it takes a lot of work to make sure we kind of prioritize this, and the Patreon helps us kind of accomplish that. And and just I would actually say you know donate to other people's Patreons. You know, the Professor Wedge, the Command Zone. All these guys do a lot of hard work. Um, to kind of get it out there and, and, and there, any help that they receive, the more cool content they get. So definitely check out different Patreons out there. Those the magic community. They really can, uh, it makes all this stuff really happen. Absolutely. Yep. Um, all right. So this episode, our devastation that we have, that was seven minutes. We have 53 minutes. If we want this to be exactly one hour. Hour of and so for people who don't haven't listened recently to our set reviews originally we were doing set battles and we do top 10 countdowns we'll still do those uh but with sets we kind of realized that there's like a lot of cards that we want to kind of touch on and we decided to move away from full-on uh uh top 10 you know uh, battle comparison format. battles yeah, yeah. yeah so we just kind of go through each one we're doing this week's alphabetically uh, we'll figure out eventually exactly how we want to do this. Alphabetically seems nice. Yeah. I think we were doing it by rarity before, and that always felt like, oh, these first cards are really cool. And then it's just like, oh, this is just like a weird uncommon that I won't see play. So hopefully alphabetically kind of mixes up the level of power that we talk about. Um, and yeah, so I guess the last thing is, uh, did you enjoy your pre-release? I thought my pre-release was awesome. I, I really had a good time. Um, I, I was 3-0 going into the fourth round. I split and uh, won some credits, and uh, it wasn't like a legitimate actual like potential 4-0 because I got a buy in the first round, and my split ended with just... I mean, we split the prizes, but like I flooded out so hard in both games that I just got crushed. Okay. But even so, uh, it was fun. You know, I like... 
showed up a little late and didn't give myself enough time to build, and I didn't play that much Amonkhet Limited, so I was kind of experiencing both sets in a lot of ways for the first time since the Amonkhet pre-release. Sure. I've opened some packs, but I haven't played much Limited, and so, you know, definitely when I had 25 instead of 50 minutes to build, it was taking in a lot. Yeah. Um, but I opened up two of the uh, red, blue, one, two, two flyer with prowess that when it enters the battlefield, you can put an instant or sorcery from your graveyard on top of your library. Okay. And it's just such my kind of card. Sure. That I was like, if I'm able to play these, I'm going to. And I'm just going to warp everything to play around these cards. <laughs> and I ended up building a teamer, like, tempo type of deck. And it was good. It nice. was really good. I it Overcome, I think, is what the card is called. The new, like, it's the new overrun, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I had one game where I, like, turned, I curved into it on turn five and did exactly 14 damage. Yeah, don't, I don't think that card, I think, oh, like, over overrun is too possibly good and i think this card is just the same yeah i mean overrun is limited plus three plus three but it's triple green so yeah. it's like very difficult to cast the fact that this is double green means that i could play it reliably in a three color deck and actually hit it on turn five yep seems good yeah it was impressive it was fun i i, I didn't actually have like very good rares um i opened like two of my rares were split cards and they were both mediocre like sure. failure to comply and i got the red white one That's the green like, black one i had in my pool and i was not impressed with it yeah, I had, I had Hazaret. I opened up Hazaret. He nice. was my he was my good card, but like honestly, he's not as like the red the mono red one or red black one. Mono red. Okay. I, in my mind, I was like, okay, this card's great because like you'll just have him, and then when you run out of cards, he'll be great. But every time I had him, he was always in my hand with like one or two cards left, and I never got there. Oh, and sorry, Hazaret, the god. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He just turned out to not be good. Oh, really? I, when I, I had, it, I think it's deck dependent because I've had it and be it be insane, and I've had it and it be kind of mediocre. In in kind of a tempo deck with like card selection, it makes sense that it's not that good because you always want to sure. have interaction. And I literally never actually got to cast the card and do anything with it. So okay. Um, yeah, my we I like showed up late to a two at a giant event where my partner like hadn't played magic in a while he's visiting from out of town and was just like down to play but also like jet lag so he was really tired and we had to i basically had to build both decks by myself in half the time you normally have because we were late and we went oh two sick we had the right blue god and he's real good he's the only reason we ever like were close to winning he's ever. one of the like scarab or pharaoh or Scorpion. yeah or he is he is the um pharaoh maybe no the locust god locust god that's it yeah. the pharaoh god there's only one pharaoh yeah scorpion set. locust and uh scarab scarab yeah, yeah. yeah, look, he's the blue-red one, the one that when you draw a card, make a token. We kept missing our, because uh, uh, my opponent was tired, or my teammate was very tired. He kept missing his uh, draw step, make a token. Yep. He, like, for some reason, we thought it only triggered on, or he thought it only triggered on, like, effects that draw you cards. Right. Not just, like, the card you draw. And so that didn't help. And then yeah, we just lost. Something I want to point out about pre-releases, by the way, it's just a memory that I had from this particular pre-release. Is it you should pretty much always just play two colors, even if you have rares and other colors <laughs> that you want to splash? Uh, yes, except, <laughs> hey, I played three colors and I got there. Um, did in my, <laughs> I did. I, I, I was 3-0 going into the finals. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Bye. <laughs> don't take out your frustrations on me. Um, I was in the finals. Um, no, I, in, in my second match, I ended up playing against somebody who... He did the classic thing where he entered combat. He made a decision based on forgetting that my creature had reach. And he was like, oh, I forgot that I had reach. And I was like, you can take it back. I don't care. It's a pre-release. I really don't care. Go ahead. And he ended up winning the game, but I ended up winning the match. And okay. like, okay, so when you give him the take back and you lose the match, it's a case of the field bets, right? It's the same for everybody. Because nobody wants to be the jerk, but it's a pre-release. So like, it doesn't really matter. You're just there to have fun. Yeah, like, no, I think, I think at pre-releases, I'm totally fine with people taking stuff back. Partly because... 
no one knows any of the cards. And if this kid, like, or this guy, yeah. depending on, um, or girl, depending on who yeah. you played, uh, walked into the, the tournament and hadn't read a card specifically, because people do that for fun. Yeah. Like, just like, I want to be surprised. And I kind of did that. I didn't read the full, like, all of the commons and uncommons that were spoiled on the last day uh, before walking into the pre-release, because um, I've been busy and moving all yeah. week. But uh, walking into it, I was just like, that and like that happens, and you just don't know. Like, oh, that has like right. six keywords, and I thought vigilance with death touch or trample or something because it's a green card. Why does that green card have vigilance and reach instead of trample and reach like every other green card that was ever the printed? Same card I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, the, I know the exactly four, what I'm four, four, about. five. Yeah, yeah. He forgot that it had reach. Yeah, because it like it has like two. It has weird abilities for a yeah. green card. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, and yeah, that so, card's sweet though. Yeah, it's really it's good. A good limiter. Yeah, card. yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, the point was, guys, it's just a good reminder is that like magic has been so successful because it's founded on community. Period. There's that's that's where you end the statement right there. The reason this game's been around for 25 years, the reason it survived oh, yeah. the way it has, it's a social structure, and the reason that it hasn't ever, it has never skyrocketed to the point that it goes beyond something like a popular esport or a Hearthstone. It doesn't have the same like level of tier one spikiness that keeps it relevant. That's what made Hearthstone relevant. What's made this game relevant is the community and the secondary market. It's the fact that you can show up to a store with strangers. And it's people. That's why Commander is so popular. Sure. It's, it's like I want to play a game of Magic with three other people to have fun. And the point is the gameplay, not the win. And like, yes, there's a spike structure to it, but that's like ten percent or less of the community. And, that, and that's not at a pre-release. Like, yes, sometimes people want to get packs, but those people I generally see just you know kind of buy right. the packs and drop. They don't even play because the, the packs are more valuable for for testing for yep. whatever reason, exactly. you know, for Pro Tours or, or whatever. So. It's yeah. The, I think the economy is just different. All right, let's get in. Let's get into the set review. Yes. All right. First card is a braid that is one red, one colorless. Instant choose one. A braid deals three damage to target creature or destroy target artifact. Um. Yeah. I think this card for decks that aren't playing green has has good reasons to maybe see play. It versatility is always strong. You should always look at it. I don't know how much better this is than like two mana for a bad lightning bolt. Or which is not even seeing that much play right now. Or shatter. Or shatter, which is also like. Um, I think you're. I think you're a little mistaken. So okay, first of all, I agree with you. If you're playing green, you just play a destructive revelry. It's that's what this is. Um, it, like you. <laughs> well, this is this does something different than destructive revelry because destructive revelry can only kill artifacts. Agreed, but like I can't imagine you're playing a deck that revelry goes into that doesn't have lightning bolt in it. Sure. So you are already playing in your main deck the card that does the first half of this card better. Totally. Um, so you just play Revelry if you want this. Card. Yeah, yeah. If you're a mono red deck, though, I do think that modality is important, and we talk about this a lot on on here. Well, and, and Grixis decks where Grixis probably could use help in their affinity matchup, and this is a good card for that to be in their sideboard. That also has use in against like, oh, I need more creature removal for whatever reason. This can be brought in against like a goblin, you know, weird adjacent decks like a merfolk goblins that need to be able to kill something. Also noted um whenever they really print good a, against merfolk. whenever they print a card that has an interactive ability that's strong that doesn't play all colored mana symbols that has a generic cost, uh, it means that this fits into a cost reducer deck well. So this is actually a probably like a solid uh, sideboard option in Storm. Storm, sure. Because it does gets two things. Gets rid of things. A cards, gets rid of creatures that yeah. might be in the way. Yeah. It does two things Storm wants to be doing out of the board sometimes, and it's going to be played for one mana almost well, a lot, 100% a lot of the, of the time. Yeah, and a lot of the creatures that they have problems with are, or a lot like a lot of things they have problems are either creatures or artifacts. Like, the, this doesn't get rid of, like, ley lines, which is a problem for them. Yeah. But other than that, that it's I would I would agree. This is pretty yeah. strong. I like and, and there are, like, against Burfolk, being able to get rid of 
an aether vial or any of their creatures for you know as a lightning bolt like this has good versatility there so yeah it's definitely a versatile card um and we'll see how strong it is i I definitely think it's worth definitely considering a modern for now on for sure uh next is beneath the sands this is green two sorcery search your library for a basic land card put it on the battlefield tap and shuffle your library cycle two well, it has cycling. So it has <laughs> cycling. <laughs> well, I mean, what's interesting about this is this does a lot of what, you know, classically cards that ramp are bad in the late game. That's yep. the biggest problem with ramp cards. Uh, that's the cost. You sometimes draw the big thing you want to cast with all that land you have, but sometimes you draw the thing you can't. This lets you dig for the big thing. This this late game is great while it's also decent on turn three. Yes, a th- turn three ramp spell is much worse than turn two, though. Modern decks are too tight. This, yep. is, this is not a relevant card. It's just, it's, you, your, your opportunity cost, yes, the cycling helps, but the fact that this, you never, ever want this, you never, ever want this as your, as your ramp spell. There's sure. too many good ones, yeah. so it's pointless to play this There's game. one mana ramp spells, there's two mana ramp spells, and the two ones do more. Um, yeah. Uh, next is Bantu's Last Reckoning. Black, black, colorless, Sick. sorcery. Destroy all creatures, lands you control, don't untap during your next untap step. Let's just quickly do the cycle of these because I think it's it's important that we talk about them because they all have the 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 drawback on these cards all needs to be related so there's no point in just skipping around so there's five of them and I actually did this on Anchor last week um, and I have a, I I think I have a pretty strong sense of the five but um, so all right Bonte's last reckoning we'll start with this one so this is this is almost strictly better than damnation is what people are saying almost it's not um, strictly better than damnation uh, lands not untapping is so much worse than kill all creatures that have regenerate right uh, I, I, I've, I've heard a lot of people say this <laughs> yeah, this yeah. Is thing. i mean granted maybe maybe that's hyperbole but like uh black black one sorcery destroy all creatures they can't be regenerated or just just destroy all creatures no, just destroy all creatures and yeah lands you control don't untap so this is in fact i would go outright and say this is worse than damnation, damnation. unless your deck is specifically taking advantage or has loop arounds around this this the problem land. which so, means it's not strictly better <laughs> so let's start with the card that this this cycle is in reference to savor the moment. That's like that's the first thing people think of when they see this cycle, right? Savor the moment is blue, blue one. Take an extra turn after this one. Skip your untap step. Sure. That's the classic effect that they're modeling these after. But instead of you don't you don't get an untap step, you get to untap everything except your lands, which right. means in a creature deck, the five of these effects, they all have a uniquely different uh, axis they're attacking on. Sure. I mean, this is worse in a creature deck because your creatures are dead. But I would say there's there's three things that are important with this card. With the the, the short creatures, one, it's snap casterable on turn five. Yep. So you get two hits of this if you need it, um, in in a, a deck playing snapcaster mage. Two, with artifacts, this card is very good because those artifacts can then be used for mana or yep. do whatever you're doing with those artifacts. Like, this is very good in like a Tezzerator type of thing that's going to play Tau. Correct. Which Tezzerator has been doing better recently, so this theoretically could be a shoe in for that deck at least in the sideboard. And three. As a one of, yes, I think can see the seeing play. Do I think this is better than Damnation? No. I think this is a card that, yes, it costs one less, but sometimes casting this on turn three is going to be worse than turn four just because you let them overextend a little bit more by turn four. Yeah, but keep in mind, the one I think makes this one so strong is the decks that are going to want to be playing a Wrath very often, the turn after you play the Wrath, they're not going to do anything. So they're they're gonna right, but they don't do anything because they want to hold counter magic up or something else. I, and I think the last thing on this, sorry, I did miss this, is that you can cast this on turn five with two mana still open. Right. So you can cast this and keep remand up. Exactly. And on your next turn, you theoretically could not cast remand on that turn and have two mana, and then you have three more mana because you can play a land that turn. So it, there are the later the game gets, the better this card is. Agreed. But 
you still have not untapping your lands is a huge cost. I played with two of these during the prelude. I had the green one and the blue one, and we'll get to those. Um, and both of them, the later the game get, the worse they felt, and then the earlier the game was, the worse they felt. So it was like a weird dichotomy of like, when is this super strong and figuring out? And some of that has to do with the deck. Like, and we'll get. I to haven't it. gotten to play with any of them. Yet. Let's talk green because the green yeah. one's my favorite. Um, and this so is, for the green one is green, green. Ronus's uh, last stand. Ronus's so last stand. A sorcery. Create a five-four green snake creature token. Um, and don't untap your lands. So what's interesting about this one is kind of what we mentioned with Bantu is late game you can just cast this and not do anything else on that turn. Right. And keep up counter magic or something else and that's and it is snapcaster bait so like this looks really cool in a blue green deck it does um it does mean that it effectively costs you eight mana to snapcaster this which is sort of bad um correct but but the fact that again you're getting a five four on turn two means you've probably created a pretty interesting clock um, I like. I personally think this is of the, of all of them. This is the one that I'm expecting to see people figure out a way to break, sure. just because the CMC is so low. Um, you know, I was always a little surprised that we didn't see more. Like, call of the conclave never broke through. Two, a three, three for two in standard was always like fine, but like nobody really went crazy with it. And I was that back in the day when Watch Wolf was first printed. It was like, oh yeah, this is a really good rate. Like the fact that that's not good enough sure. means that a five four for two where there's no it's not mere superior. You don't need burning tree right. in your opening hand. You can just just make a five four. It's not a treacherous pit dweller. It's not hunted horror. Uh, but like stuff like like this getting fatal pushed seems so bad. It does. That's true. That seems like, horrible. It's like you're just like oh I don't do anything. This for getting two vapor. Turns. This getting vapor snagged. Like <laughs> there's so many things that make this go wrong that like as a threat in a green blue deck uh, where maybe maybe it's jace not 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 snapcast which jace it doesn't have that same problem cuz you don't have to tap out for jace the turn you cast jace right um maybe that's the answer but like i think as a late game i can play two mana and then keep my mana up for cryptic command worst case scenario as a threat there it seems really exciting plus you can play it turn 2 and then be a little bit more tempo-y. we're on turn 3 you can play a land and have vapor snag open to kind of protect stuff so there there is a little bit more versatility in that deck um yeah, I don't know. Uh, it it's a little frightening to just get, get like blown out though. The way this can get blown out. Agreed. Uh, I mean, I think so. One thing I do think is interesting about this card is remember, it's an aggressive threat sure. that plays well with Delver because it's a spell that makes a creature totally. As I agree with that. Creature, creature. No, I think a green blue a, a, this card in a teamer tempo deck seems really fascinating. Yeah, especially because if you played this with like this and stubborn denial play very well together. Um, if totally. you play instead, if you wait to play this until turn three. Um, where you have a mana open, you effectively get to protect it. Yeah. So I think that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, no, no, no. I, I think I think this card has potential. It also there's just there's a huge downside to it. Yeah. Agreed. Um, it's my favorite one. Uh, next, I want to do a creature's last mercy, which is the white one, white, white, colorless sorcery. Your life total becomes equal to your starting life total. Lane zone on tap. Uh, people have talked about this at a burn. I think that one green mana you can gain eight life card is just significantly better than this. Yeah. <laughs> and totally. I think. Uh, there's better life gain effects that aren't as damaging that don't tap you out the next turn and turn three isn't that good even and i don't know yeah um next is the blue one kefnit's last word this is mind control uh with this effect it's blue blue for two it's actually not mind control it's um control magic yes it's literally control well, magic but you don't untap. but for multiple things it's cr it's a creature and enchantment uh, and artifact. creature artifact enchantment yeah, yeah. So, um, so there's it's pretty good yeah yeah it's definitely a versatile card um 
it the question is is how bad is this untap thing and, and it's better here i think because you're getting a threat that's hard to kill and it's permanent um, steals it forever yeah you're you're yeah, two for one in your opponent relevant. with it which is more yep. relevant than the other effects so i definitely think this is potential um and it being a sorcery is better than con- you know an enchantment for infinite reasons right um so yeah i definitely think this is a, an interesting one four mana is a lot and how good is mind control effects and the mind control effects out there is like i feel like um what's the blue blue one gain control of target creature for two or less Oh, oh, uh, Threads of Disloyalty. Yeah, Threads of Disloyalty still seems like a stronger play than this. I agree. Um, and so that's kind of where I'm at on it. Last is Hazaret's Undying Fury. I'm glad Hazaret survives this situation. Well, somebody pointed this out. Yeah, right? So it's the others are all death, but yeah. Hazaret seems to, to live, or yeah. in some ways live. I don't know. I think she she lives. I think she 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 uh, gets past this. Okay. Um, so I think if we ever come back, we'll have Hazaret just messing people up uh this is four red red shuffle your library that excel the top four cards you may cast any number of those non-land cards with converted mana cost five or less from among them without paying their mana costs lands you control don't untap the only deck i can see this really seeing play is a storm hmm interesting yeah. uh i think it as a one of in a top end of a storm deck i would not be like i would not discount this card i guess but otherwise i don't see this being that important and that's almost in standard i can see it seeing more play in a storm like deck than even this format where it's like just, yeah it's not e- it's not easily controllable and it's but for six mana you win is basically what it says in storm it plays a lot like uh what's the card that Fast of flames no uh, uh storm shuffle your deck reveal the top card you get the cast it for free oh mine's desire, mine's desire. It, pl- it has a very mine's desire feel to it like revealing, mm. you know, you get the top four cards. It's like Mind's Desire for four. Kind of. I mean, look, you get four cards in a deck where a lot of the cards you're casting are low velocity. So you're talking like, imagine you play this for six mana and you get like, you get like land, two cantrips, and a ritual. Like, I'd be fine with that in Storm. Like for six mana? Those two can't, like, you get it. Plus, those cantrips are probably good. And half of those cantrips are uh, Mana Morphos, which is also a cantrip, or is also a, a ritual with this effect. So you go, yeah, like, maybe you're right. you'll end up at five mana after casting this. And not to mention, most likely you cast this for four because you have Baral or Electromancer right. or five or something, five to four. Yeah, So, true. like, yeah, maybe. I can see it. I can see it in Storm. I think uh, that's the one place I can imagine it happening. And that's the cycle. I mean, like, and in Storm, the untap effect doesn't matter. Yeah, something somebody pointed out to me, by the way. We win that turn. Because I made a comment about, about this on my review of these was that uh, the Kefnet one, the go back to 20 life for three mana. Sure. Uh, that's it, a Ketra. A Ketra, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, uh, that it doesn't count as gaining life because it says your life total returns to its original total and doesn't state gain life. So I was like, this is great because for three mana, you can get around effects like Skullcrack. And no, things. but it's gaining life. And somebody pointed out and said, just your life total changing to a higher amount does count as gaining life, yeah. even though it doesn't signify life gain. Which yeah, yeah. Is it, it's an important distinction because it's confusing. Um, but yes, so it's not what I thought. Yep. Uh, I've ran into that before problem before commander where like i was like oh but i didn't gain life like no you did (laughs) uh next is the defeat cycle uh starting with chandra's defeat uh which is one red chandra's defeat deals five damage target red creature or red planeswalker if that permanent is chandra planeswalker you may discard a card if you do draw a card um i think of this cycle the two most relevant are the red and the black one um the black one's probably insane uh liliana's defeat is destroy target creature or uh planeswalker black planeswalker are they all defeat they're all something to defeat yeah they are okay so go back to liliana Uh, one you think liliana is one black mana destroy target black creature or black planeswalker if that permanent was a liliana planeswalker her controller loses three life first off 
all black planeswalkers in modern <laughs> Liliana. Uh, I don't think any of the non-Liliana ones. Oh, I guess like I've seen an Ashiok once or twice or a, a Soren. So this technically can kill those. And you don't get the three life benefit. Oh, no. <laughs> but half the creatures in modern right now are black. Like this card is a serious real card. In yeah. Modern. I mean, I just don't you just think that this is don't you just think that this is going to be a sideboard deck and shadow decks for the meta? Like, don't you just think? Yeah, this I think is this is just totally playable an in every extremely, deck. An extremely mirror-heavy deck. Like, when you see the Grixis Shadow Mirrors, it's going to be like, Snapcaster, my defeat, take out your shadow. Yeah. Like, it's just, that's just and it's like... Gonna, like, it's going to get so many different things. Like, this card is insane. Uh, the the red one, which is Chandra's, I think also has a chance of seeing play metagame dependent. If there are a little bit more heavier percentage of red creatures, like, that you need to be able to kill... Or, I mean, right now, people are playing with four mana Chandra, with the four the four ability Chandra. Like, that yeah, is yeah. A, a, a card in the format. Torch of Defiance. Uh, plus, this takes out a big chunk of Nahiri. Like, there, there are red Planeswalkers out there to get rid of. So, I, I do think this is also a legitimate card to talk about. I don't think Gideon's Defeat is, is playable. Uh, no, I don't It can only exile good. attacking or blocking white creatures. I think that's not relevant enough, especially when the most common white creature is a 1-1 spirit. Yep. Jace's Defeat doesn't counter Jace's Vrinch Prodigy. Or it does, but it doesn't get you the bonus, which makes me so sad. Uh, <laughs> and I don't think Gainsay is that good, so I don't know why this no. would see that much play. Uh, Nissa's defeat is destroy target, forest, green, enchantment, or green planeswalker. If that permanent was Nissa, planeswalker, draw a card. I just don't think this is that good. Um, This one is right on the fringe for me. Because of the destroy target forest, and we yeah. live in a world where people play forest swamps and forest mountains. Yes. Uh, the, granted, I don't think this is going to see any play, but like... The first ability is a relevant thing they don't print anymore, which is Stone Rain. Um, sure. It, it, it's, par- it's partial Stone Rain. Yeah. It's sideboard Stone Rain for the right deck. That if you aren't playing red, you're like, okay, I have a green ability to destroy a land now. Sure. Um, and then the other part of that is you never see Nissa Planeswalkers in modern ever. Well, well, but it does still just kill green Planeswalkers. But how many green Planeswalkers are there? Like Garrick. Garrick. Yeah, you don't ever like hardly. Like, Dawn yeah. Raid, like, which yeah. yeah doesn't see play anymore. And it's feast nice to play. Yep. <laughs> um, and those are the defeats. So Liliana's defeat, super high on. Chandra's defeat, I can see seeing play. The other three don't seem likely. Got it. Yep. Uh, next is our spoiler card, or preview card. Yeah. Claim to fame. Card sick. Uh, I mean, I think this in Drix's Death Shadow decks has a high chance of being played. Like, the the, the part of this that brings it to me is the fact that you can thought scour this into your graveyard accidentally, right. and it's still super relevant. Like, any card that I can thought scour accidentally into my graveyard, and dr- basically it's draw two cards for one mana versus draw one card, is like a card that I'm definitely going to be looking at. Yeah. And on top of that, this does really good things. I think this does work better in Jun decks. On, well, I mean, I think it has strength in different decks. In Jun decks, you get Tarmogoyf and, Tas- and, and uh, uh, Deathrite Shaman. Not Deathrite Shaman. Death Shadow. Yep. In Grixis decks, you can mill it off a of Thought Scour. Um, in, um, I guess those are the only two relevant red-black. Yeah. Uh, Mardu decks is not super relevant. Yeah, In I mean... your deck specifically <laughs> that you're playing. Well, I guess that's the other point is that... Really, you just need the claim half. There are decks that are just going to play this for the claim half. We don't have an unearth effect in this format. And so your deck that you've been playing everywhere, Superior Burning Coco, will definitely take advantage of the black half, no problem, because being able to get um, your Superior in the, into play seems really strong seems off of this. very strong. But you also can splash red off of Burning Trees in that deck, or you have a Stomping... Just play one Stomping Ground. 
just so sometimes you can claim or you can fame. One of the things about this card, and I seriously... Oh, I guess we should read what it does. Uh, sorry. It's a double-sided card. Claim is one black sorcery return target creature with converted mana cost two or less from graveyard to battlefield. Fame is an aftermath card, uh, so you can cast it from your graveyard for one red, one colorless. Give target creature plus two in haste. So the reason I'm considering putting this card into Coco, and the current list plays one profane, profane command, which... I, I honestly say that the most valuable thing you get out of Profane Command in that deck is the mirror-breaking, like, Goyf versus Goyf type of... Uh, Everything fleet. has fear. Yes, but that's less good now with uh, Shadow having Anglers and Tassigers running around. Because like the whole can... format is black cards. Yeah, so it's <laughs> Profane Command has is, is been a fringe Hashtag one. Liliana's defeat. Hashtag going to be the best. Yeah, I, and I love that card. So, But I could easily see putting in one stomping ground in this deck. Um, and I could see then with that one stomping ground, it becomes a deck that's able instead of the profane command to play one claim to fame because mid game when you draw that mirror superior and you don't want to draw when you have no uh, you have no vial you have no way of get then you claim fame a burning tree from your graveyard it puts it in play you yeah. get the mana and you get you cast the thing and then you have the the in theory you have the mana to cast uh, what's it called fame. And you give your superior haste, and yeah. you swing for seven. Yeah, it's really Seems good. Seems really good. Yeah, and and I think uh, you know we talked about this too. Your deck is playing. We don't need to go on a tangent on this deck that is very specific to our podcast. But uh, <laughs> uh, you, I would even put maybe one profane command in the sideboard, and then you bring that in instead of claim to fame when you bring in all of your three drops. Because you were mentioning that your sideboard is now pretty three drop heavy. Yeah, and you can maybe make it so they can switch interchangeably. Uh, yeah, I think this card is really good in different places, and I think we're just at the beginning of where maybe it could see play. Yep, agreed. Um. Next card on our list. Uh, this is the Desert uh, Cycling Lands. Um, there's two places this is relevant. There's a bunch of weird Desert Matters cards that like it's really hard to evaluate how important those are going to be. And it's very possible some of them see play because of just... You know, there's the Sacrifice of Desert, Exile of Graveyard. There, right. like, there's like a, a lot of them. We'll get into some that are super relevant. But on top of that, Cycle Lands are important. You know, If there's a red-green, for instance, Aggro Loam deck that after they have the four red-green... One, they want to play with these ones on top of that. Uh, I can be being super relevant, and just that's just definitely an option. You know, eventually, people need... There might be decks that want X amount of cycle cards, right. cycle lands, uh, to go with their loams and and other things, and this might be just the important Cycling cards to accomplish Cycling for two it. mana just seems aggressive. It just seems... Well, that's like what the other one cycle. I mean, but that's what we have in Modern. So it's, yeah. more, it's more bringing it up, more to point out, A, cycling is relevant. B, there is a deck that wants as many cycle lands possibly as possible and this is an option for that deck. i think these are right on the edge this yeah i definitely they, think they're they, on the they edge they don't feel relevant to me i think are, if you can gain relevance from the desert they become really relevant and, i agree and, and there are like three different lands from this set that have the activated ability of sacrifice a desert do a thing and that's so, relevant yeah, yeah lands utility lands like that those are interesting but yeah these these seem pretty insular yeah uh next is endless sands which is land desert, another desert. Yep. Uh, tap to add one colorless. You can tap two mana to exile target creature you control. And then you can tap four, sacrifice endless sands, return each creature card exiled with endless sands to the battlefield under your control. So it's kind of like a, um, what the heck, uh, what was that card called? There's a there's uh, an artifact uh, from... Way back in the day. Mirrodin. Coffin or no. Ice Chamber. Talk. I rem I'll remember yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, what's cool about this card? It's really grindy, and it, it, like modern would have to be in a very specific place to want to play something like this. But it basically blinks. If you have this online, every removal spell your opponent plays uh, is negated. 
Right. And like for a while, you'll like they'll be able to stop you from being aggressive, but then you'll have a turn where you can play all of them at once again. And so it's like a very, very like in a grindy, like in a Jund classic Jund versus classic Jund matchup, like a one like the mirror. This is a game breaker in that matchup because like every creature they try and kill, you save, and then at one point you can overrun them with all the creatures that died previously. Right. Um. So it's it's definitely a card to look at. It's 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 very unique. I think in modern, we don't have anything that really does this right now. We have artifacts to do this, like the Hell Vault is very comparable to this. Right. Um, but this is this this definitely has cool effects to it. It's, is it called Synod Sanctum? Is the card I'm thinking? Okay. Of, right. Right. It's one. It's a one mana artifact. Yeah. Two oh, mana tap. Move target permanent yeah. you control from the game, and then two and sacrifice it. Return to play under your control. All, all cards removed with it from right. the game. Right. It's, it's exactly very, that card. Yeah. It's just the land version. It's the desert version. Yeah. Which is free. Which is the point. Yeah. And deserts are maybe relevant. There are now tutored. There are cards that tutor for deserts to put them in the play. So, like, they're, and they created a huge toolbox out of them. Like, yeah. there's a bunch of deserts that do a bunch of different stuff. So, playing the, like, green guy that puts a desert, you know, is a rampant growth for desert on a four drop. There's definitely something to be said for the fact that I think people underestimate. I remember Paul Avito wrote an article about this once, Play More Lands, I think it was called. And it was just like, lands are sweet. There's a lot of them that do a lot of sweet stuff. You should be playing more than less because flooding out with lands that are really good is better than. Uh, not having enough lands because right. you're afraid. And this comes into play untapped. Yeah, I think just like if you think about it, like the opportunity cost there to play a land that has even like a even like a very 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 uh, nominal ability is so worth it. And you see it right. all the time. There's there seems to be like a little bit of a. It takes the community a little bit of time to catch up to this. It's like man lands, man lands weren't worth the money they're worth now for a long time. It took a long time before people sure. were like. It, it used to be it was like okay well like. You know, Raging Ravine is is good, and Colonnade's good, and those will see playing. Creeping Tarpit. Yeah, but Tarpit took a lot longer to catch on. Well, it was a, a legacy. Longer. It was more of a legacy card than a than a modern card because then, Lightning Bolt. And it took a lot longer for the Green White one to catch on. Totally. And the only one that never really caught on is the Black Red one. But I've still seen I've seen people play the Black Red one. I played the Red Black one. Red Black one is an interesting one, and I think Red Black is better than a lot of the new ones. Yeah, um, the, new ones, the new ones were underpowered compared. Yeah, but the reason the Red Black one's kind of insane is sometimes because it's so it's because it's underplayed more than anything. Is because sometimes your opponent just is like they forget what it does. That's not a land that's worth me paying attention to. Right. And then you're like, oh, I fireball you. Dome for you 12. for seven. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um. All right. So yeah, play lands and. The deserts, like I think, deserts are more interesting than people are giving credit for. Uh, that's that's my kind of one statement. There's enough tribal with them. There's enough different cards that do something interesting with desert cards, and there's tutoring for them. And so, like, there's a bunch of really interesting effects that you can tutor for on your deck. Is like, and they're lands, so they're just on top of it, just good. Um, next on our list is Hollow One, five mana, artifact creature Golem. Hollow One costs two less to cast for each card you cycled or discarded this turn. Cycling two. All right, it's a five five. It's a Four four for five. Yeah, this card. Sorry, it's a four four for free. <laughs> right. Well, you discard three cards, you get it for free. Yeah, it, it costs two less for each card you've discarded or cycled. Yeah. Like ignore the cycle half. I mean, the cycle half is good. So like playing this in death, not death shadow, in living end is just a card that you'll sometimes you get free four fours for fun, and sometimes and you can cycle it so you can also put it in your graveyard if you're yeah. going to living end. So like living end by itself will be playing this card. But on top of that, talk about like. Dredgevine decks. This is a perfect card for Dredgevine because you cast it, which means this brings back Vengevine. So you get this plus whatever Vengevines you discarded. Not that Vengevine, you know, that's obviously a specific style of card. Cathartic like. Reunion just casts this card. Yeah, just cast it for free. Yeah. 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 No, no, it doesn't. You, you discard two cards. Draw three, discard two. It's discard two, draw three. Discard two, draw three. But 
there are many different but on turn three cathartic reunion you can cast this for one mana so it's a one mana four four so there's a there's like the hoops you have to kind of jump through to make this card work are not a problem no it works it works with a lot of cards that are already good doing good things yeah and like on top of that like they're just the like there's enough cycling now in this modern format that there's a conversation to be had just of like cool good cycling totally and like this card in living end sounds insane this card in dredgevine decks is like exactly what those decks wanted um so between those two things i think this is super relevant what we got next you just aren't you're not excited about this card. It's a free four four. I'm like I think well, it's look 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 at mirror um not mirror superior mirror uh, mirror superior no, no the seven <laughs> mana mirror. Oh, oh, oh my uh, uh uh the seven mana mirror. The oh one. sure the the four Infinity. the four four yeah yeah, yeah. this is I w- this is comparable to that and Enforcer? in some decks yeah mirror enforcer like and that card has been bonkers. And in Infinity, it's a little too slow, but the hoops you have to jump through for Infinity, they're just better things to be doing. This goes in decks that the hoops they're jumping through, this might be the best thing they could be doing. And you can cycle it. So the time you just like can't do anything with it, you just cycle it in your Living graveyard. Living End is the deck to me that's like the obvious. That, that's really, yeah, yeah, that's really easy, good. Easy. That's easy. really good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a free 4-4, but it's like, I don't know. It just, it just feels, it, yeah, I, I get it. How good, how good is a 4-4? Versus like a five five or a six six, if, even if you're getting it for free, but you're like getting it for free as like a secondary cost. A four four on turn two seems really good. A free one. The prize of Melgrim is a free three three. That's insane. Compare this to prize of Melgrim. They're comparable. Prize of Melgrim. Okay. When I was building Coco, <laughs> that's I messed funny. around. I actually, I said prize of Melgrim, and then I said pies the Melgrim. I got rid of the R's. <laughs> I messed around with Hypocrisite uh, a lot when I was building Coco. That sure. was a card that that was an early version of the deck, a card that was like... If but this you, is much better than Hypocrisite. But, but hear me out. Yeah. If you hit Hypocrisite off a Collected Company, it was awesome. Sure. And if you got it off of like a Resurrection, it was great. But at the end of the day, it was just a 4-4. So like even... And it was a resilient 4-4. But those are, those are two things that you're... The thing you're doing, you're getting at instead of another card. This you're getting from your hand for free, and it cycles. Like, Apocrysite, if it's dead in a, in a matchup, is bad. It's still just a 4-4. You though. can't cast it, does, it from it, your you're hand. Not, you're not like... But the 4-4-ness was what was good about Apocrysite. It's not like a 4-4... It's four, all the hoops four, you have to jump through. And the but fact this that is it's not a like 4-4 madness or something. It's like this is a card that's in your hand. You're spending no, a it's card. A four, this is significantly better than 4-4 madness. This is a 4-4 cycling. Like, the fact that you can cycle this for fun and or it's free. <laughs> and, I, and I, yeah, I, I think I, this is much better yeah, than that. I think it's fine. Hostile Desert. Is this the one that, that you I... exile a land card from your graveyard? Hostile Desert becomes a three-four elemental creature until end of turn, and still a land desert. Yeah, this card's sweet. I, so I it's talked. To, I talked a lot about this the other day. I, I like. I don't think this card's going to like break modern or anything like that. I think the obvious comparison is Mutavault. It's not as good as Mutavault. The relative cost of two damage versus three damage. Three is obviously much better. I think that the comparison that I made was like cost and power. It's like okay, so obviously Lightning Bolt is better than Shock. But how much better is Incinerate than Shock? And like it, it's that's kind of where I, I go with this is like I would still probably in modern almost always play a Shock over an Incinerate. Totally. Uh, even though it's two damage versus three, and that's kind of where you're at with this. I mean, Shock can play in modern. Look at Tarfire. I mean, obviously it's for yeah. other reasons, but Tarfire and Seal of Red. Yeah. On the other hand, I have I have played standard decks where they're like very spell heavy and they're thrilled to be playing Incinerate effects and like they're, they're very powerful. So like. I think this card has a place. I don't think it's well, going to be play will, and it's, Well, it's hard to say if this will see play in standard just because land's getting into your graveyard, but... I, I think this card's good. I, yeah. ju- I legitimately think well, this card is once good. Once again, it's a desert. <laughs> there are tutor effects for deserts. That's relevant. B, it's a man-land deck. 
it's a man land card. So man lands are always something to consider. It's a relatively affordable man land. Uh, it's worse than the World Wake ones because it doesn't tap for colored mana. It's cheaper to activate, which is really relevant. But then it has that additional cost of needing a land in your own graveyard. So, like, there's different ways I bounce back and forth on this. Um, it goes toe-to-toe with a lot more problematic creatures that, than Mutaval is. Would you play an Ink Moth Nexus over this card? Or a Blink Moth Nexus? Not even Ink Moth. Because I think I'd play a Blink Moth Nexus over this card. Depends on the deck. A 1-1 one, one flyer that can be a 2-2 two, two flyer that, yeah. Hmm. Like it's yeah. lightning. If Lightning Bolt was the most played removal in the format, I'd be more willing to kind of talk about it. But everything dies to fail to push here. Yeah, but like, but there's also the fact that this card, like a lot of the things that can just like gummy ground combat, where this creates better situations for you. Like mm-hmm. for instance, attacking a Mutavolt into a Snapcaster Mage is annoying when they've already gotten value sure. off their Snapcaster Mage. Attacking this into a Snapcaster Mage is much better for you. Uh, blocking a wild Nakatl is so much better than this than a Mutavault. It's like there, there's there was limitations to what Mutavault could really do, and that's where sure. I think this card has its play. I just don't think it's going to replace but it. The decks that are playing Mutavault that aren't playing are like Merfolk. decks that are tribal, Merfolk, Elves. Yeah. Um, and that's more way more relevant than three four. Yeah. It's fair. Yes. Yep. Um, next is Hour of Promise. Oh yeah, the hour. Uh, this is four mana green. Sorcery, search your library for up to two land cards, put them onto the battlefield, tap, then shuffle your library. Then if you control three or more deserts, create two two black zombie creature tokens, which I think is the less relevant half. This is a for five mana, two to, for two lands of whatever you want and put them into play, which I don't think exists in modern. Yeah, it's Now, good. is there a, this would be much better if Dark Depths was currently yeah. legal because this literally just finds you the combo. Um, it is a tutor for deserts, so that's relevant again, I guess, but... It, uh, this card is probably too fringe. This card, will see play, this card will see play in Highlander Roulette. This card will also see play in Commander. Well, no, I, I think this is a Commander staple. A legacy. I think it might even be Legacy possibly playable, but I don't think it's... Modern is modern. doesn't have the lands it needs to make this relevant. Like Even Scapeshift, this doesn't do a whole lot. Yeah. I mean, if fair. we... It, well, one thing to pay attention to this is if we ever have a two-land combo to pay attention to, right. something like Cabal Coffers and Urborg, or, you know, this is the card to start looking at. It is a five-drop that doesn't do anything when it comes into play because the lands come in tapped. Unless you play with Deserts. Which, yeah. is, an un, which is very unfortunate. Yeah. And that means that you're going to play as your five-drop, and then they're going to answer, or they're going to kill you, or do whatever. Right. Because they're just lands. <laughs> you could play with a bunch of cool Deserts, like just play Desert Green. I don't know. But yeah. yeah. I agree with you. Deserts are sweet. Uh, next, I have Leave to Chance. So Leave is one white, one uh, colorless. Return any number of target permanents you own to your hand. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but next red, is colorless. Chance, one red, three colorless. From your graveyard, discard any number of cards, then draw that many cards. This was my pre-release promo. I opened, I, had, oh, I, nice. I got the stamp of this card. So This card sucks. <laughs> uh, in Dredge, it doesn't. Yeah, well, it sucks in, in my pre-release Oh, pool. sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, in Dredge, if you listen to your... Gra- it is expensive. It is a four-cost spell, but that deck already gets the four mana sometimes. You win when you cast this card. Is that good, huh? Think about it. Discard five cards and mil- Dredge five times is what this reads. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I like have Goldfish with it a couple times. It's, in, it's kind of insane. Now, turn four is slow, but... It gives you late game resilience that Dredge kind of needs a little bit, anyways. Can you afford though to cast? Oh, you just discard it. You don't cast the first. You half. never cast the first half. Got it. You just discard it with discard it or mill it. You play yeah. one of. Yeah, that's never. Yeah, that's no, fair. Yep, that's fair. There are a bunch of cards that only work in your graveyard and Dredge. This is just one of them. Yep. Um. Yeah. Uh. Next is life goes on. 
we mentioned this before. One green, you gain four life. If a creature died this turn, gain eight life. Anytime there's one gain eight life, burn has a bad day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Nourish. was Nourish has seen fringe sideboard play in certain decks. Yep. That's gain eight for two. Yeah. This is going to be... The, the best comparison to this card is... Um, Feed the, uh, feed, feed the, the cleanse, clan. yeah, which is gain which is, eight for two. No, it's, it's gain one, ten for two if you have ferocious. Yeah, and it's gain five normally, and that that's a, that's a legitimate sideboard card. Yeah. People have played the the crap out of that card. Uh, is gain, one mana better? Yes, <laughs> always. Yeah, <laughs> always it's better. <laughs> one mana for one less life better. The, really, that one extra life isn't a big deal. The two extra life on the ferocious is good, um, but I even don't think if it's that important. You're versus, gonna gain eight off this. Yeah, you're always gonna gain eight off this. No, you have to kill a creature. That's the difference. Is killing a creature easier or harder than having a I just mean you're going to play this card at the moment. You're going to enable the, the gain eight. Like, you're not yeah. going to play this card to gain four. You're going to play this card to gain the eight. The issue with this, is, like, in Jund is where this would see play. And yeah. I think Jund could do that. I think Jund can be like, I kill your goblin guide, I gain eight life. And, right. then, and then Burn just is miserable. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, yeah, so. Shall we? Uh, next is Nimble Obstructionist. I love this card. Is this the one one for one that has Eternalize? No, this is the two mana, two blue. Okay. Bird Wizard. Oh, this card's insane. Flying. Yeah, yes. Three one cycling two blue. When you cycle Nimble Obstructionist, counter target activated or triggered ability you control. This might you not you control. You don't control. You don't control. You don't control. This is legitimately maybe my favorite card in the set. Yeah, this card's <laughs> insane. <laughs> it's a it's a three one flyer for three. So you flash three one flyer like like a three one flash flying for three is all like you know what this is like. It feels very similar to Restoration Angel. Yeah, where this, this yeah. is already this is easier to cast than Vendillion Click. Yep. Which if you've ever played with a Vendillion Click, sometimes you just get there because it's a three one flying for three. Yep. With flash. With flash. The fact that it, on the flip side of this, it also can cycle, and when it cycles, it stifles. Yep. So it can sometimes <laughs> be stone rain, instant speed stone rain. <laughs> I like. I can't get over how much I love what this card does. Yeah, it's so good. Um. Oh, sorry, it's it's instant speed stone rain that cantrips. <laughs> it's insane. In blue. <laughs> um, yeah, this card's one to look out for. Yeah, this might be the best card in the set. Yeah, probably. Get spoils now. Yeah. Uh, I think Liliana's defeat has a higher chance of seeing play than this does. Seeing a lot of play. Um, That's fair. This is a much better card though. When this is good, it's going to be insane. Yeah. Yeah. I love card. this card. Yeah. Um, next is Romnap Excavator. Two green, Naga Cleric. You may play land cards from your graveyard. Two, three. Yeah, this card's real good. This card's real good. The fact that we now have two different Crucible world effects in Modern means that a deck that takes advantage of Crucible world effects is going to be good. I like I. This card is going to see play at some point in Modern's history. Yep. Get ready for it. 100%. Like, I don't, this is another card that's like, this might actually be the best card in the set. Like, this is in the running for it. Like... Right, Crucible Worlds is sees play in every single format. Period. It's, we've in. we've built with it before in modern. Yeah, yeah. this literally this, every format. Modern is probably the where it sees the least play, but even in modern, it sees play. Yeah, you have eight Crucible of Worlds in your deck now, and this is better than Crucible Worlds in modern theoretically because it can just attack. Yeah, and it's it's weaker to removal. It's look, but, you just you liken you just liken this to the Magus of the Moon, Blood Moon. It's like the same. I think it's better than that though, because the Blood Moon strength is that nothing can kill it. And the right. color that it makes things into also can't kill it. So, like, right. versus this, which 
yeah, I this is I'm in love with this card. Yeah, yeah. This wouldn't. This is both of these. Have, nimble, nimble, nimble obstructionist, and this are probably my two favorite cards in this. This set. would have been my pick for your favorite card. Would have been my guess. Uh, not to mention like we get we get rock strategies are turned on and and silly strategies that go around. Um, cycle lands again. Like there's like all these things that I like to do that this card does. <laughs> uh, next is reason to believe. One blue scry three. Yep. Sorcery, and then believe is aftermath. Look at the top card of your library. You may put it onto the battlefield if it's a creature card. If you don't, put it into your hand. How much does the back have cost? Five. Mm. So that's much worse, mind you. This on can cast just straight up cast an emerald for six True. mana, but just straight up puts an emerald and play for six, um, and casts it. No, it just puts it on the battlefield, so it doesn't cast it. You don't get the trigger, but still really good. Um, so just. On that note, that's a thing it can do. How good is one blue scry three draw this belief? Well, all right, there's two ways to look at this. The first one is if you play this early in the game because you're trying to set up a turn five, do something unfair, to give yourself those next three turns, you have to keep the three cards, which is index for three, which sucks. It's it's index for one. No, I'm saying index, oh, index for four, three, three cards, yeah. which is bad. You don't probably don't want one of those three cards as much. Well, but guess. you get this other half of this unfair thing, so you can right. set up like if say you you on turn two reason, put two lands on top and underneath his emerald, and then turn three get a land, turn four get a land, and play this, and you're playing you know like you're the kind of deck that's playing this is probably accelerating one way or another. It's probably playing a uh, an elf or it's or, or, or it's yeah. playing a ramp spell yeah. or something. It's probably playing like a ramp spell on turn two, and then on turn three it's playing this, and then on turn four it's trying to cast the five sure. drop. Is my guess right? Yeah, that seems about right. And it feels to me like I just. It's kind of that same thing of like when you scry and you're because you're it's trying a, to sequence a, your deck, you're forced to keep a card you don't particularly want on top to wait the extra turn for the card you do want. How how many cantrips did a powerful thing have not seen play? Or this, like how many cantrips have not seen play? This isn't a cantrip. It is. It doesn't draw you a card. It does. It draws you belief every single time. It okay, but but it's yeah. Uh, it draw it. Okay, but I'm saying like cantrips that. The red cantrip that gives a creature haste has seen modern playable. Yeah, you're right, playable. you're right, you're right. So, like, yes. I was thinking Mystic Speculation, but that's legitimately not a cantrip. It's right. just a buyback scry effect. Right, and, like, yeah. so, like, there's a one-mana scry effect that then does draw you a relevant piece of action. Yeah. That, and this can just draw you a card. It's five-mana draw a card at worst, but sometimes you'll get creatures in the play and sometimes better than that. You're right. And so, like, I think that's a relevant conversation, and I think this play, this card's probably a little bit under the radar. Yep. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I think you're probably right. Actually, I was. I think I was wrong on that one. Um, Samut the tested red green two. I'll just let you planeswalker Samut <laughs> up to one target creature gains double strike until end of turn plus one minus two. Samut the untested deals two damage divided as you choose among one or two target creatures and or players minus seven. Search your library for up to two creatures or planeswalker cards. Put them onto the battlefield. Then shuffle your library. Comes in a four. So I've got this in my limited pool. It's bad and limited. <laughs> It's probably not terrible limited, I guess, if you have a stronger threat. It's really bad in two-headed giant. Uh, but more importantly, the only reason this is playable in modern is that this is a mono. This can be played in a two-color green-red deck with doubling season to do the thing that the rug deck was doing with Jace. We mm. talked about this before when it was spoiled. If you weren't listening then, uh, there's a doubling season deck out there that with Jace the Mind Skull, or yep. with Jace Architect the Thought, uh, Jace comes in, ultimates, you get the best 
card out of the, your opponent's deck plus the next Jace. You do this four times, and then you put Emrakul into play um, or something that gives all your things haste. This does that, but without having to play three colors, you only have to play two, uh, red-green, which are probably the best two colors to be doing this anyways because you get the green slash the green stuff to get the cards you want. So you get her every time, and then one other one. She replaces herself. You ultimate again. So it does something. It's monocolor, or it's two-color versus three-color, which is relevant. Otherwise, that's that's all that I have to say about this card. Yeah, fair. Uh, next, Scavenger of the Grounds. We're getting some of the sack deserts. Land desert, add colorless to your mana pool. Two mana, sacrifice a desert, exile all cards from all graveyards. This one's pretty decent. This is, I think, very good. Uh, worst case scenario, this is the only desert you have in your entire deck, and it's uh, a land that comes into play that at any point you can sack to exile all graveyards for two mana, which is like totally a fine woodsy play as it is. And then whatever desert mechanics, if you play with other deserts, it might do something else, whatever. But in modern, this is a legitimately like you can play this as a spell and it'll just make your deck better because you'll never, ever, ever uh, get mastered. Yep. As long as you can support the colors. But yeah, it's very. It's, you I mean, play as a sideboard card, like you can like literally side it into matchups. Like I, I think, think this is super main deck and there's a modern. It's like yes, yeah, totally. It's, it's a three. I mean, it's a three mana spell, but like the fact that it's a three mana spell that you can play on turn one or two and probably cast action with yep. means it's very good. I mean, like there eventually is. I guess I would liken this to Ghost Quarter. You would choose between this and Ghost Quarter, and look what right what deck do you have a worse matchup against Tron or Dredge and pick. I need to play some games against Eldrazi Tron. I was realizing that, like, with the whole Coco thing, I'm like, sure. I don't know how I would do it. It seems bad for me. Yeah. It seems like I have no way of messing with their lands. Um, next is Solemnity. This is the the one that a lot of people are excited for. I, like, don't know where I'm at on it. It's two right enchantment. Players can't get countered. Play, Sorry, players can't get counters. Counters can't be put on artifacts, creatures, enchantments, or lands. Um, hmm. A, with uh, the white enchantment in Ad Nauseam decks... This makes it so they can't ever die from damage, right? Which is an interesting effect. Um, but and then there's a bunch of stuff with count. You know, this goes infinite with um, Garrow's messengers, like all of the undying creatures. This now goes infinite with, which is relevant. Doesn't this also? Yeah, doesn't this also go infinite with devoted druid? Yeah, devoted druid. No, no, devoted druid doesn't because devoted druid can't put the counter on it. Got it. Uh, it does go infinite with. Um, it's the same reason devoted druid didn't go infinite with Malira. Got it. Uh, but it does go infinite with all the persist creatures. Sure. So like it, this is a combo piece. It does a lot of powerful things. Uh, I'm wary of it because it's not a creature. Because it's an enchantment. And it's, it's an so enchantment. Hard. And, and we've we found that searching for enchantments is incredibly difficult. Searching for enchantments is really hard. They're not. You don't want too many of this type of card because they're not relevant unless you're going off. So it's a really weird position. But it's a card that's definitely going to be tried out by people. Right. And it could be really powerful. Fair. Next is Stripped. Striped Riverwinder, six blue, Serpent, Hexproof, Cycling Blue, 5-5. Five, five. There's one deck that's going to play this. <laughs> yeah, it's a big creature. that It's a Hexproof 6-6, six, six or Hexproof 5-5 five, five that cycles for one mana, and Living End will be interested in this deck, this card. I think Living End now has a very serious reason to be blue. Yeah, something that's actually kind of interesting, and, and I found this from playing Mental Magic and doing like uh, searches on here so many times, there's a lot less Hexproof creatures than you'd think. Yeah, because they like realized it was a mistake and printed them in lower numbers. Oh, is that true? Yeah, they 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 a printed them in lower numbers and b stopped printing them at low costs and with evasion they won't do any of that anymore. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Interesting. So invisible stalker was like that. We're not saying that again. 
No, yeah, they they literally think Invisible Stalker was a giant mistake. Just because it's so hard to it and with. Geist together, they were like, "Oh, we messed up on Hexproof." <laughs> Interesting. Um, they think Hexproof is better than Shroud still because Shroud has a learning issue. Well, Hexproof is just really powerful, just and so they have to figure out. Yeah, they're just not going to print as much of it. Next is Supreme Will Blue Two. Choose one counter target spell unless it's controller pays three. Or look at the top four cards of your library, put one of them into your hand, and the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. I can't remember if we talked about this on here or off the mic, but it's this is either Mana Leak or... or um, Impulse. Impulse. Yeah, and which like, are both two very, very powerful blue cards. Yeah. And I would say in the top 10, 20 most historic blue cards of all time. Definitely. The problem is... Three mana is way worse than two. Yeah, and modality is great. And, yeah. and I can't... This is one of those cards where, like, I wouldn't be surprised if I'm in a match against a blue deck in Modern and someone plays this against me where they are like, and I would be like, okay, that's a powerful effect you just yep. got. I didn't You're never going to play coming. more than one Yeah, ever. but on the other hand, if they played it, I would just be like, kind of feel like you should be playing four Serum Visions and then some mixture of the cards you actually want to be playing at lower CMCs than this. And Mana Leak is so much worse on turn three. Yeah. Because we live in a world where people are playing one drops. I mean, it's, like, fine on turn three, I guess, but, like... And, like, with hand disruption, like, they see this, and they have one extra turn to get this out of your hand if they need yeah. to. Yeah. just seems bad. Yep. Yeah. Uh, next is Tragic Lesson. Instant speed, draw two cards, then discard a card unless you return a land you control to its owner's hand. Um, if you want a land back into your hand, you want your hand to be bigger, or you want another land drop for whatever reason, or reuse and enter the battlefield effect, this is three mana instant speed, draw three. I cast it in... It, draw, draw two, you mean? Draw th three. It draws two, and then draws you that land you need. Oh, if you want the land back, because you also get the plate as a land drop that turn. So worst case scenario, don't, if you haven't used, if you don't have yeah. land and you need a land, if you, you just have a land drop available, this and Ether Hub will be friends and standard at that much. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of shenanigans you can do with that effect, and the yeah. fact that you can also discard, which is totally fine a lot of the time if you right. don't want to return a land. This card's actually probably really good. I think it's being a little bit underlooked. I think it's like comparable to the other. Instant speed, draw three cards, discard a land, or discard an artifact, or discard two cards effects that are out there. Right. Um, so I, I would I would not be surprised if this is more played and people are kind of looking I at it. I think this card's good. Yeah. I mean, look, Deprive is a card that took a long time to catch on, even as a one or two of. Yep. And it did eventually catch on as a good card. Love Deprive, yeah. yeah. It's really good. And, you know, this is... Better than... De this is better... This version of the Deprive drawback is better, because you can... Having the choice between discarding and putting a land to your hand is huge. Yeah, agreed. Um, that's the last card I have. Uh, cards that we didn't talk about that I didn't put here because this was originally going to be uh, a battle list and then I forgot. Uh, I want to talk about Nickel Bolas. Yeah, he's sweet. Um, I think he's more likely to see play than his old one. Because he was one less? Does he cost seven? Does he cost seven, so that definitely helps him. I think his abilities are more relevant. Uh, target, and I'll read it. So it's four red, blue, black. Nickel Bullis comes in for seven loyalty. Uh, target opponent exiles cards from the top of his or her library until he or she exiles a non-land card. Until end of turn, you may cast that card without paying its mana cost. can be relevant. It's pretty good as a plus. Plus one, each opponent exiles two cards from his or her hand, which is insane. Uh, minus four, Nickel Bullis deals seven damage to target opponent or creature an opponent controls. So you can just cast this and dome someone for seven and win. That's kind of one of the reasons. It, like... You can get a post person below ten in Grixis. Like, that's a pretty heavy. F that's just just he like I just imagining Bullis just like swiping a person. It's pretty awesome. He's just like I'm just gonna hit you a little bit, and there's like oh seven. Yeah. And then minus twelve is obviously really good. 
exile each non-land permanent your opponent controls. That's never well. It could happen. Plus seven. But the fact that he that he swipes you and stays at three loyalty is pretty impressive. Actually. Yeah. He's like it. He, he can either kill a creature if you need to kill it. Didn't we talk about this? That he's very similar to Karn in a lot of ways. He's he's very similar to Karn to me. Yeah, he's got, um, he feels a lot like Karn. And Grixis gets the seven mana. I don't think you're playing with more than one of these. And I think generally, if someone's playing this, they're doing it a little bit more to be spicy than to yeah. Like it's yeah. necessarily the best thing they can be doing, but like a cryptic command of counterspell and a serum visions will like very often do more in the game than this probably. Just well, like, I mean, I think you play this and you win. Yeah. I think it's like the Emrakul of Grixis control decks. Sure. Like, it's just like, I'm going to win when I cast this. If you can't counter it the turn I play it, there's very little you're going to be able to do now. I'm glad they made another Nicol Bolas, and I'm glad they made him less expensive rather than more expensive. Well, they made one that was as expensive, right? So they made Nicol Bolas the Deceiver, which is the Planeswalker deck one. What? They made two deck. There's two Nicol Bolases. Oh, really? There's the dual deck one, not the dual deck, the 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 Planeswalker deck, which oh, is Oh, look at that. Nicol Bolas the Deceiver. I don't I don't know if I've fully read this. 5 blue black red plus 3 each opponent loses 3 life unless that player sacrifices a non-land permanent or discards a card. Minus 3 destroy target creature, draw a card. Minus 11 Nicol Bolas the Deceiver deals 7 damage to each opponent. You draw 7 cards. Sick. <laughs> yeah. It's still, cool. Still good. Not not comparable. No. I'm excited. I'm excited to play Nickel Bolas Tribal because there's a bunch of Nickel Bolas Tribal cards like Visage <laughs> of the Bolas that lets you tutor for a Bolas card. <laughs> Sick. Uh, oh no, it tutors for Nickel Bolas the Deceiver, which is not as good, but still, I'm down. Okay. <laughs> um, that's did, it for the set review. Did that's we it. miss the? Did we miss the three mana artifact that for two becomes a copy of something? Oh, we did. We didn't talk about that. Do you want to talk about it? I think like that card's pretty good, isn't it? Um, it's definitely sweet in Commander. I like. I was impressed when that card got played. Like it's. It's efficient. Uh, where is it? Okay, okay, some stuff. Abandon the sarcophagus is what we missed. Three mana, you may cast non-laying cards with cycling from your graveyard. Yeah. If a card with cycling would be put into your graveyard from anywhere and it wasn't exiled, exiled instead. The the first half of this is pretty sweet. Like, yeah, you just the, have to have a lot of stuff in your graveyard first. Yeah. Well, no. I mean, you just it's it, it feels very much like a Crucible Worlds-like card. No, no. Doesn't this read that if anything, if something has cycling when this is in play and goes to your graveyard, the card's exiled, and you have to you can play cards with cycling from your graveyard. No, no, no. You can cycle. If I cycle a card in my hand, yeah, it goes to the graveyard still. It says if a card enters your graveyard from anywhere with with cycling that wasn't cycled to get there, it gets exiled. So you can't mill yourself after this is in play. Correct. You yeah. can't mill yourself, and if like a cycling creature dies. You don't get it for free. Got it. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. I misread this. I opened this card in my Basically, every pool. card you have that has cycling, it now benefits you to cycle it and then play it instead I, of just playing. I opened this in my pre-release pool, and I, uh, didn't, okay. I didn't play it. It's better than what you yeah. assumed. Um, the, the drawback is a little rough, but it just it's a little bit better than that. Um, the other one that we wanted to talk about, which is the one you were mentioning, was Mirage Mirror. Three mana artifact. Mirage Mirror becomes a copy of target artifact creature or enchantment in, or land until on a turn. That's pretty sweet for two mana. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely shenanigans can happen with this card. I, I could also see this card completely being busted. So I, I'll, I'll give you credit there. Yeah. We should talk about it. I think this card has, yeah, definitely. There's a lot going on with this card that's potentially incredible. All right. Um, I just want to like read this card one more time just to make sure I'm not forgetting anything. Right here. Yeah, like there's a couple really distinct places that I see this card being good. First of all, we, we already talked about the fact that there's a land thing that it, it makes Dark Depths good. This is also good with Dark Depths. It's the same thing, isn't it? For two mana, this becomes Dark Depths, and then you get the token? Uh, yeah. Right? I so, believe so. So there's that. 
uh, that's there, not a modern legal play. No, agreed. There's th- that <laughs> and ar- should never be. There's that Grand Architect deck that's been running around where this seems like exactly the card you want in that deck. For yeah, that's mana, really cool. This becomes another architect. There's also because they play that Throne of the God Pharaoh or whatever it is, the Shh. thing that when at the end of turn they lose life equal to the number of tapped creatures you control. Yeah, yeah. Which means like during combat you attack with this thing. It's a grand architect. You do all the damage, and then before the end of your turn, you pay two more, and you make it into the other thing. Sure. And then they do lose twice as much life. This card seems insane in that thing. Yeah, yeah, that seems really good. Very cool. Yep, uh, okay. Uh, I'm so on board now. There's some cool stuff with this card. I just think two mana repeatedly that you don't have to tap to copy something definitely seems like this has real, real application. Sure, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't even be surprised if, like... I can't imagine you'd want this, but, like, I wouldn't be that surprised if you played this in Merfolk. Like... It's yep. like it's it doesn't seem horrible. So could you give me your top three favorite cards from the set? Uh depth the three one flyer, nimble okay. nimble obstructionist. Okay. That's probably my favorite card in the set. Um I I am personally just kind of in love with Ronus's last stand. That's like such a me card. I'm like trying to figure out how to make that card good. Okay. I'm thinking about it. Constantly. Yeah, it's a, it's a two mana thing with a giant drawback that yeah. you have to figure out. <laughs> uh, I like, I love the fact that it triggers Delver. It's like it's one of my favorite parts about this card. Sure. And, um, and past those two, I'm not quite sure. Claim the fame. Maybe claim the fame is insane. Yeah, I love that card. Yeah, I think I'm at I'm at Ramen Nap Excavator, which is the Crucible Worlds. Yep. The Nimble Obstructionist, which is the three one flyer for Flash, and then I jump. I, I think it's. I think it's e- Hollow One. Yeah, like you seem to be stoked on that. It's either Hollow One or it's uh, Claim to Fame. Like it's between those two, and and I imagine me playing more Claim to Fames in life, but me more excited when I make Hollow One work. Yeah. Yep. So that's it. That's that's uh, the return to cycling. Uh, it these both of these sets have been pretty sweet. I think they've affected modern more than they've affected standard almost. Yeah. Um. And, like, it's it's a middle power level set. Like, nothing super, super strong, but cards are really important. I mean, like, Gideon of the Last Trials is showing up in spades in Modern. For both. sure. And, like, just, I think the more this time goes on, the more cards we'll see from this set. And that's kind of just the power level of cycling. I think cycling itself... Like, I mean, we said it before. Cycling and two different... Now three different versions of Flashback are in this block. And all... Those are kind of two of the most powerful mechanics of all time and we have different versions of it and one of them is like a modal version of of cycle uh, a flashback so like i think there's a lot of play in this in this set and i'm excited to see what it does yeah for sure hundo percento all right so uh in uh, the wrap it up make sure to follow us on twitter i am at kess wiley i'm at ben bateman media we are at the mm cast once again check out our facebook group once again check out our patreon and other magic creators patreons you know a lot of people give free content but the way this works is you know to be able to do this for free some amount of money behind it makes it so you can do more exciting stuff. Absolutely. Um, and we have and we have we've been talking about this for so long. But we have some really cool stuff in mind that we would like to start doing and it would very much help us to do that with the Patreon. Totally. Totally. Um on top of that, make sure to I think that's it. I think that's everything. I probably missed something. Oh, the command zone. Make sure to check out the command zone. We said at the beginning, said it again. They do awesome content, Jimmy and Josh, every week. It's rocking uh commander content, which we talked a little bit about today, but they'll do a full breakdown. I think their set release came out last week. So if you want to know what cards are great in Commander from this set, check that out. And, uh, yeah, I think that is everything. Thanks, guys, everybody. I will Thanks. talk to you guys next week. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you for your attention. See you later, alligator. <laughs>